Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I am John Gorman, your host. Back again, we've got Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? Not much. Not much, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, so we're actually recording this episode. It's January 2nd, so we are into a new decade, and I'm pretty <laughs> excited, man. How was, uh, how was your New Year's? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, so um, we had Maddox, and you know we were supposed to have uh, my 15-year-old. He, of course, got invited to a party and then decided to ditch us, but you know what? That was fine. I told him to go have fun. Um, but since we had Maddox, we, um, we made tacos in. And Steph was in bed by about 9.30 reading, and I <laughs> followed at about 11.20. I didn't even really watch a ton of the New Year stuff. I watched a few things on Netflix and then just called it a night, got up, and I was at the gym by 9 a.m. in the morning. So I'm not a big New Year's guy, but, like, if we didn't have kids, like, say Maddox, you know, was invited somewhere or something, we would have went out to dinner and had drinks and done something. But um, even though I do like to party every once in a while, it, New Year's is normally not my – time to really do it i don't know no man that's when all the fucking crazies are out. right anyway, exactly so, you know how it is we're both yep. over we're both 40 and over so at this point i just stayed home i've got a pool table at home so we played some pool watched watched a little bit of tv gavin and i hung out jumped in the uh jumped in the hot tub relaxed nice. these old bones a little bit but hell yeah i mean i stay up late every night to like 2 a.m so it was just right. kind of another night for me i really just took advantage of it to get a bunch of work done and I usually work every new year's Eve anyway. I just work and get stuff done. So I got you. Yeah, man. So, all right. So here's what we're going to do today. First of all, our, our topic is going to be a Q and a over episode three, where we did a deep dive on optimizing testosterone. And Jason, you and I both talked before this, we got a lot of messages from people. Yeah. They really, really loved the episode. And I went on record as saying, that's the best podcast I've ever recorded, either myself or with someone. Obviously, it's because you and I did that together. So we got a lot of good feedback and we helped a lot of people, but we got a lot of questions in our DMs. So Yeah, we did. Yeah, what, what I want to do, though, is, is I want to capitalize on that because we're going to cover topics like estrogen. We're going to cover gut health. We're going to go over insulin sensitivity, and we're going to generate so many questions out of that after we cover things in detail that I think we need to follow up and do a Q&A after that yep. episode drops. So that's what we're going to actually start doing now is a Q&A. Before yeah. we get to that, though, we do have another review winner. So, man, we're sitting at like 60 reviews only. That's, a few that's badass. Yeah, so thank For you like, guys. what, three episodes live and we're recording our fourth? It's not live yet. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Our listeners are awesome, man. They're like, they're the best. They just are. They're super loyal. And we just keep giving back to them with good information. It just works that way. So um, the next winner is TMAC1717. You win one of my books, Ask a Diet Coach. But here's the thing, guys. If you're one of the winners and you already have that book, I have three books that I've written. So what I do, like the guy that just won this last time, I actually let him pick. So you can pick one of my books. It doesn't matter which one that you don't have. So that's TMAC1717. And guys, these are coming from the iTunes reviews, uh, make sure that you leave a review with the stars and comments. You can't just give a star review. It won't post up. You need to actually leave a comment. And then what we do is, is we watch for people to screenshot those on social media. So I keep track of all of that on my end. Make sure you tag me, tag Jason. Everybody knows where we're at on social. You can find him, Scooby Prep. You can find me, Team Gorman. Just search it. 
And um, man, we really, really appreciate this. Those uh, next week, we'll be giving away another new ethics product. Um, you gave away what GDA Max or Cordy's last week? I'm still waiting on the person to get a hold of me, but I was going to do Cordy's, I believe. Okay, excellent. So then you'll have another product to give out on the next podcast, guys. We're going to do these every week for a for a little while, so probably another two or three weeks, and we'll give out some good stuff, and uh, and then we'll see, and then we'll maybe we'll come up with something new. I'm thinking about maybe giving away some uh, 20, 30 minute phone calls on my end. I think that's cool. I always enjoy those. I like to talk with people and help out. So. We'll come up. Uh, we'll come up with some other we'll, stuff. We'll come up with some other stuff. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the Q and A, let's. We've been doing this every week. Jason, what's uh, what's something either that you've learned new or what's new with you? I know that. I know that every week that goes by, we're always picking up something new or something new changes with our own preps or physique. So what's what's new with you? Uh, well, I guess I'll give a little recap of kind of how I'm going about prep and you know go from there. Um, I'm not sure what I've shared so far. So if this is redundant, um, I apologize. But um, basically what I decided to do was I knew what my macros were obviously coming into the start of prep. Um, I was around uh, 330 protein, 430 carb, around 80 fat. And it's a good amount of intake for me, but I built it up slowly. And I started to bloat finally and just, you know, my body kind of, you know, saying, enough's enough and my blood sugar is real high so what I did was uh, rather than just like start pulling you know uh, some number like 50 carbs I went ahead and just started pulling from meals that weren't around my workout until I wasn't bloated anymore and until I had hunger uh, about 30 minutes before each feeding and I just held there and I had no idea what the macros were but I knew it felt good and then I go went ahead and plugged them in and it came to 280 protein, 300 uh, carb, and about 40 to 35 fat. I'm a, I'm a low-fat dieter. They'll go way lower than that. Um, so that's kind of where I'm starting prep. And what I'm doing right now is I'm just not trying to annoy the family. Um, you know, uh, we went out to eat um, last uh, yesterday for New Year's Day. I went to Chipotle. I got no cheese, no avocado, you know, no, no type of fat. I just got... Uh, light rice, white rice. I didn't get two stoops of chicken, just one, and then some veggies on it. And I ate that. And, um, you know, those types of things for right now are fine for me. Um, and then I have to speak in Atlanta, uh, January 11th. And when I get back from that, I'm going to put in morning cardio and then probably start my body really likes like when I do like three lows and then one high. So it might look something like, you know, 300 protein, protein will go up more, uh, maybe, 150 carb, uh, low fat, maybe 30. I'll do three of those days until I can't stand it. And then I'll refeed on like 400 carbs and then repeat the process. And as I need to, I can add more low days um, and something along those lines. So that's kind of where I'm at with prep. Um, and in Atlanta, I'm not going to be over annoying. I'm going to bring tuna and rice cakes and whey. But if we eat out, I'll just do like I did, you know, just do it, do it wisely and then really crank. Um, coming uh da, 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 january 11th i think the show that i'm looking to do may be san diego which is march 28th or the puerto rico pro the same date march 28th so i'm kicking around either one of those i think i've always kind of wanted to go out of the country and i know puerto rico is a territory but i mean still it's, <laughs> anyways uh i've always kind of wanted to go out of the country do something international or just do a show um, out of the country. So that would give me an opportunity. I don't have more preps I'm going to get. So I may do Puerto Rico. We will see, but that's kind of where I'm at with prep. Awesome, man. So, uh, 
if you do go to Puerto Rico, you're going to fly out a couple of days early. So you don't have to worry about yes. any kind of retention and stress and shit like that. Yes. I will fly out early and I haven't even checked. I, I, you know, but for anyone out there who may be from Puerto Rico or knows about it, I don't even, do they have Airbnb there? I don't know. But if they do, I usually get an Airbnb because then I can do my own cooking when I get there. I don't have to worry about bringing food. Um, so yeah, I would get there early, but I'll be honest with you when I'm peeled up and I don't have any fat on me, I don't care. I don't hold water. When I fly. Um, I'm not salt sensitive though. And I think people who are more salt sensitive just seem to hold water with different fluctuations, even if they aren't eating salt on the plane. Um, I just, I'm not a watery person in general, so I could probably fly out pretty close to the show. I was more thinking I would fly out early just like in case, you know, they, you lose luggage or just anything happens. And then I would have a few days to like get on my feet type thing once I was there. You know, I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I think we do need to do an episode on when we start really getting into things like peak week and prep and we talk about traveling during peak week. I'm a big believer. And it's just kind of a snapshot into that episode that we'll do at some point. I'm a big believer that people don't really hold water when they fly because they're flying. I think they hold water because they're stressed the fuck out. Mm. And they all, you ever notice that like yep. nobody, nobody looks watery when you fly two to three days out. But when you're flying the day of, you have to get to check in, you have to get to your hotel, yep. all that shit. Well, fucking cortisol's through the roof. I mean, roof. no wonder people are fucking watery. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree that that may be, that may be the whole reason too. It's just, do people stress a ton? I don't know. But I've always kind of felt like I'm a stressor, but I just don't hold water. So who knows really what it is? But hey, I'll give a plug for Cordy's right there. If that's you and you're stressed, Hit some cordies before you fly. Yeah, you know? no shit. Maybe, maybe take a couple while you're of up in the air. <laughs> pop those, and you'll be good to go. A couple droppers to relax and get some sleep when you're yeah. on the plane. That's yep. what I would do. So, uh, yeah. So something real quick and new with me, and then we'll get into the episode. Um, let's see. It's January second. Mm-hmm. I have not had a monster in three days, and that is a big Whoa. fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. We just broke the fucking internet. It's what we did. So, <laughs> no white trash energy drinks for me. Um, I'm actually working on getting my caffeine down. I'm not one of those people Good. that can just cut that shit, that shit out cold turkey. But, yeah, yeah. you know, probably two months ago before I started to see my blood pressure, my blood pressure started to get pretty high. I know HRT was a little bit of that and cholesterol you know, not being ideal. Yeah. Blood pressure went up a little. But then I, re- you know, when it got up enough to scare me, I thought, okay. I need to actually, I need to take a look at what can I change right now, right off the bat. And caffeine was one of those. So pre-workout was gone and I was down to two monsters a day, which if you really do the math, that's only 150 caffeine per can. It's not that mm-hmm. much. So I mm-hmm. cut that down to like 300 a day for a few weeks. And now I'm down to none and I'm having wow. like a cup of coffee a day. So, I mean, I, I try to look oh, yeah. it up, see what's in some of those pods. It's like 120 migs per so i'm I'm probably at like 240 right now Got um, it. but i feel great so i may just leave that there i do i do like a little bit of caffeine especially you know i'm drinking some right now why we do the podcast i am too i'm sipping on my second cup of coffee for the day yeah so I, i'm there i think i think a, a smaller amount is is pretty healthy for metabolism and staying and stuff like that staying sharp i don't think i'll ever be one of those people 100 percent off caffeine but when i have done that before and I just run off natural energy and everything else is in, in life is in line and sleep and all that's good. 
man, I feel the best when I don't have any. I just don't know if I'll ever get back to that because I get just there. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I did it for years, man. I got off of it when I had the problems with like my, my neurotransmitters and my circadian rhythm was flopped. I, um, I, I cut it out for probably three years, man. And, uh, I really didn't miss it, but I knew that my performance could improve if I added a little bit back. So that's kind of how I ended up with like one or two cups a day. Yeah. Um, you know, just cause, cause it does improve performance and it, it does improve muscular strength and there's, you know, different things in the research for that. I use 50 MIGs pre-workout. It's very light. It's not going to affect my pump, but I do feel the focus of it because I'm not pounding it you know, rest of the day. So I get a response to even just that little bit. Um, so I do believe in a little bit. I just, I'm like you, I, I, I think it, it does improve performance, but you don't need a ton of it. Did it help your blood pressure? You know what? Um, right now I'm trying not to even, I know this sounds crazy. I'm trying not to look at anything for another couple of weeks because uh -huh. I know that if I look at it and it's only down a little bit, it's going to bug the fuck out of me. So I, I've got everything uh -huh. in place. I'm taking nice and like, garlic the whole nine yards uh, uh you need cardatone cardatone will drop 10 points off of it like that so what is that that's just a supplement it's a bunch of chinese herbs it's awesome that's what i use with my people and or liquid cialis you can get online that'll five mix of that will drop it another 10 points yeah i looked into that i'm i'm taking um cardiooxin from nutridine garlic um and really hammer yeah those all work great those all work great i've just had a lot of good success with cardatone man um, where I see like 10 points come off. That's what I was going to say. If what you're doing isn't impacting it and you're, you know, only 10 off five off uh cardotone's really good. Yeah. I'll hit you up for that after we get off yeah. the show. Um, I plan on getting everything measured. Um, legit. I'm, I'm worried that the, the cuff that I'm using isn't the right size. I know you use a fat guy cuff. I mean, yeah, you gotta to get a fat man. Well. I mean, I, mine's loose enough, but you know, we're going to, we're going to go into all that stuff in detail here in another episode pretty soon i do want to get into these questions though because it looks like okay. we've got seven or eight i haven't counted them man these are good questions guys remember all these questions we're going to answer these from it doesn't matter if you're natural it doesn't matter if you're assisted it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman the way that we answer this stuff is to give you all the information very rarely will it only apply to an enhanced person or just natural um, but we're going to try and cover this from both sides and this is a topic that really most people need to hear. So the very first question, Jason, I'm just going to throw one to you and then I'll take one. We'll just kind of go down this list here. Okay. Um, what will happen if I don't get HRT and my testosterone levels stay low, but I want to prep and do a show. So this is something that I see as having mostly natural clients. They're really, really worried about, they still want to compete in the natural organizations. They don't want to jump to the NPC. And they, they will literally bypass getting on HRT or any kind of help and they'll leave their testosterone low. So this person actually asked me, it's a female, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. What will happen if they just leave their testosterone low and they prep and do a show? So I, I want us to be nice here because my first inclination is to jump right in someone's ass, but <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to let no. you start this one off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> let's just kind of think about, um, there's a, there's a lot of different things that you got to kind of look at. Um, your kind of, your feed efficiency is going to be off. So, um, in other words, what you may have been able to prep on in the past, you're not going to be able to start with that caloric intake, um, most likely, or you can, you're just not gonna make any progress and whatever your test starts at, that's the best it's going to be. 
<laughs> for the next 16 to 25 weeks. It's going to keep getting lower and lower and lower. And I mean, if you start at, you know, you're a man and you're down to threes, you can probably assume you're going to finish in the 60s or 70s. If you're a woman, um, the, top, the high range is 45. If you're down in the 12s already, which I see a lot, you're going to finish with it not registering or being, you know, down to eight or something, which is pretty much the bottom of total tests for women. Now these do differ with, from lab to lab. So don't hold me to that. But, but in any event, that's going to tank. And so as that tanks, you're going to have a harder time recovering from your training, which is going to suck. And when you're not recovering, you're not going to be able to train as heavy and hard. And then therefore over time, you're going to lose muscle and atrophy. So it, it you know, bodybuilding requires optimal hormones. It just does. Um, so, you know, there's a slew of things that are going to happen from not being able to take in the amount of calories. You're probably going to have to get your calories way lower than you have in the past. You're going to need more cardio. Um, you're not going to recover as well. Uh, your digestion may go to shit as testosterone keeps getting lower. Your thyroid may downregulate faster. Um, so, you know, and you may become estrogen dominant as well as testosterone falls, estrogen goes up. That's not what you want when you're dieting. So there's a whole cascade of shit storm that kind of hits, um, as you at lower and lower and, and the lower you start, the lower it can get obviously. So yeah, it's not an optimal spot to be. Now I'm not going to say that you can't still get shredded. You're just going to work your ass off and it's going to be a pretty miserable experience and you're going to feel pretty bad for a lot of your, your prep. Yeah, so I can tell people from personal experience, I dieted this, so back in 2019, I dieted from 215 down to 200, and that's when my test was 190. So I was on a high-fat ketogenic diet, you know, because supposedly high fats help with testosterone levels, and I dieted slowly. I only dieted a pound a week off. You know, I, I got about 15 off in like 12 weeks, which some of that was glycogen to start, so it's about a pound a week of fat. Right. Well, that's what I thought until I went and had my DEXA scan done. And mm -hmm. back when my testosterone levels were, were sitting really, really good, you know, I had about 180 pounds, 175 pounds of lean mass. And whenever I dieted down this time, once I was done, I, first of all, I have the pictures to show. It didn't look like I lost any fat from 215 to 200, and that scared me. So whenever I got my, my results back, instead of having 175, 180 pounds of lean mass on a DEXA at 155. And I was like, okay, this is fucking bad because I, I was training, you know, six days a week with weights training pretty hard, you know, about yep. 45 minutes. Um, wasn't doing a ton of cardio. So I thought, well, the fucking, it's not like I lost it off my legs. My legs actually were normal looking, but it was like all off my upper body, which for me, I'm, I'm pretty upper body dominant. I knew something was wrong. And it was because I was trying to diet with fucking to start with low testosterone levels. So my point is, guys, if you're natural, you're not taking anything, the ability to hold on to muscle as you diet, it's going to be tough towards the end when your testosterone dips. But if you're starting from a low testosterone standpoint, you're just going to melt muscle off, guys. And then the bad part of that is when you come back out of prep, trying to get your testosterone levels back or a bitch as it is, if you're starting with them low good luck even getting that back. So my point is you're just going to look worse and worse as you continue to do this. I would just, I tell people all the time, don't give a fuck what people think. You need to go talk to your doctor. And if this is right for you, you just need to get on HRT. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree.
that's 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 um, my you know, nice that's my nice version my nice way yes. to say it. and i have these conversations i've had these conversations this week actually with people i did a consult um and that was kind of my conclusion of it just because the hormones have been dormant for so long and the longer they've been dormant and i knew they've been dormant because i asked you know when the last period was and it was going back to like 2000 uh pre-2014 um and so my conclusion was hey i can help you try to jumpstart all this but um you know, at the end of the day, given your age and given how long everything's been dormant, I would recommend HRT, but I will help in other, in any direction you want to go. Yeah. It's just one of those things, man, people, you know, I'd rather someone, if they weren't going to go on HRT, fine. You know, if you're a guy, leave your test levels at 320 or whatever they are to start. Um, but don't prep, don't prep if they're low, like you, no. you can, you can leave it low and still go live life and, and be at the bottom range of normal. But if you prep, that's really going to fuck you. And that's the point I'm getting to. I would yeah. Just- I mean, if you're a natural uh, woman or man and, and you, you get bad uh, scores back, um, I would delay your prep. If you're not willing to do HRT, I would delay your prep, get your calories up. Um, you know, we've talked about in the last episode, you know, some natural supplements that they can add in. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them, but it, for me, it was B vital DHEA and boron. Um, I know for you, you had talked about DAA. Um, you know, and so you could try some of those things um, along with resting the body and getting your fats up and getting your calories up for a bit and then retest just to see if you can even get it maybe to 500 would be, a, you know, if you're a man, it'd be a much better starting point than say 300. So um, if you get bad back, get back bad scores and you're not willing to do HRT, I would still delay the prep and try to at least get your, your numbers up higher before yeah. you start the prep. Shows aren't going anywhere, folks. There's no. numerous shows all over the place, so I just I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, next question. By the way, I didn't put anyone's names down on these. These are all no, no, we shouldn't. Right, right. Uh, next question is: I think this was sent in to you, Jason. Can I start and stop HRT if I want on my own? And what happens if I forget to take it? So I think this is a pretty common thing when people yeah. first start, um, yeah. or if they're thinking about starting. So I'm gonna throw that one over to you as well. So here's the deal. Um, I tell people, if you're going to go this route, you need to make a commitment to it. Um, because here's why your levels are already low. And once you take outside exogenous hormones, the body is really smart and it will stop producing the, the little bit amount that it was producing. So if you go on HRT, say you're on it six months and you get lazy or, you know, maybe you're not in a good financial situation, which you should have thought about before you started it, et cetera, et cetera. When you pull that HRT out, your low, your levels are more than likely going to be lower than where you started. Okay. And then you're going to have to spend time trying to get them back up to just where you were, um, which is going to take time. And you're potentially going to gain more body fat. You're not going to be able to eat as much. You're going to feel really shitty. So I always tell people, yes, you can stop. If you stop, more than likely you are going to be even lower than when you started because exogenous hormones cause the hormone to stop producing. And so you really need to be committed to it um, and know that it's, it's more for a lifelong commitment once, once you do it. Um, and then what was the second part of the question? Uh, what happens if I get, forget to take it? Yeah, so if you forget like – one time, like say, say yours is divided up into two shots. If you're a man, 200 migs, 100 migs, Monday and Thursday, and you forget Thursday. Well, it's Saturday. Just take it. No big deal. Like this isn't like, 
you know, you have to be Monday and Thursday. Uh, if you completely forget and Monday rolls around, just take your 100 and start right back where you were. You're not going to feel it. It'll take probably three to four weeks, maybe even a little bit longer on 200 MIGs before you would really start feeling the side effects again of low testosterone. So, yeah, I mean, if you miss an application or two, not a huge deal. It, it really would probably take four to five weeks before you'd be like, oh, I'm kind of feeling run down now. Oh, I haven't been sleeping as well. Oh, man, I'm really achy. My legs are still sore seven days later. And so by then, I mean, if you forgot five weeks, I mean, that's, that's not really forgetting. That's just kind of being super lazy and, and not feeling like doing it. So you got to be committed to the process of doing it if you're going to go ahead and, and start. Yeah. And where I, where I typically see this is um, I see it more with females taking the cream. And I think that's where it can add up to really happen fast because the cream yeah. is, is it clears so fast. It clears a day. So that's, that's why it's a daily application. Correct. So if a female forgets to take it for, I don't know, three or four days or she goes on a vacation for a week and she didn't take it with her because she had to fly or just whatever those reasons are, she just forgot. I mean, you're talking about going four or five days or a week without it. Yeah, it, you're gonna you're gonna start to crash and feel it a lot different because when you take an injection, I mean that that stays in your system for a long, long time. We're yeah, it allows the ester to build up. So because you know the half life of an injection, uh, you know, let's say it's forty eight hours, and then so in twenty four it's only cut in half. Well, you're ready to take another injection in you know seventy two hours. So the other injection is still partly in you, and then you repeat that again in three more days. So when you're doing injections, it can build up better. That's why I like injections over cream. So that's a really good point that you made. I was thinking, you know, everyone's just going to go ahead and do injections because it's the smartest way, but you're right. Like if you're going to do cream, it, you would probably feel that if you skipped for a week. Yeah. So that, that's typically when I see it. And most of the time, like I said, it's when people fly because they get nervous. They don't want to, they don't want to take it with them, even though they've got a script and <laughs> yeah, just I, take I your mean, shit, man. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not like, it's not like they're going to confiscate it. I mean, no. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm not a female. I, I don't take the cream. I mean, I know some guys do too, but most people are just using, using yeah. their injections. So, yeah. um, all right, let's move on down to the next one. Speaking of injections, um, and HRT, I've heard that you can use injections under the skin instead of in the muscle. And is that true? And I think this is a really good question. This was sent to you, Jason, mm -hmm. uh, because I get this a lot too as well. And it was one that, you know, I always thought you had to use, you know, an inch and a half inch needle, go on the right. glute, go deep, go on the muscle. And I mean, for a lot of people, dude, people just don't like fucking needles. You know, I I've had so much shit injected in my body. I have anthrax in my body for Christ's sakes when I was in the army, like, <laughs> nothing fucking scares me. So I don't mind it, but it's not for everybody. And I get that it's and not. I respect it. So when it, when I start hearing doctors, especially with females talking about just using an insulin syringe and just going under the skin, it, it, because theirs is so such a small dose yep. or then even guys going, even that's kind of new to me. So I figured that that's a good one for you to talk about. Cause I've always just been an intramuscular guy. That's yeah. what I knew. Yeah. So a couple of things with under the skin. You definitely can do it, but the dosing needs to be a small amount because, you know, it's going to, it's going to pile up and make a, a little bump there. So, you know, the thing is with HRT, it's not a lot to begin with. So the way men can do this, um, let's say your dose is 200 MIGs uh, a week. You could literally do, uh, what would that be? About 20, let's see, two times seven. No, so three, it'd be about 30 MIGs uh, a day would give you, would be 
210 for the week if you did 30 megs a day, which would be a tiny amount, and you could go right under the skin, um, down in the belly area. Oh, there's tons of areas. It, it, you barely feel it with the insulin needle because they're 29 gauge. They're very thin. And so you don't have the trauma to the muscle. It goes right under the skin and it dissipates. There are a few things to know. The one reason I do like this method um, is because um, when you do it this way, you don't have the spikes in estrogen. So a lot of guys can get away without even using a Remedex at all. And a Remedex, again, prevents testosterone from converting over to estrogen. Um, it's an aromatase uh, blocker. So um, if you do it under the skin because it's so gradual and such a small dose daily, you a lot of times don't need a Remedex. And a Remedex isn't great for cholesterol. So people with cholesterol issues don't want to use a lot of a Remedex. Women's doses are so small just by nature. I only like to start women with 16 megs a week up to 20. So that'd be like such a small amount. Like I tell all my women, hey, just get an insulin uh, needle and just do it under your skin. And it's so easy. It's done. The only thing you have to understand too is that it doesn't get into the body as quick, obviously, because it's not being shot into basically where blood flows. Um, so it does take a little longer, but it, it, it's fine. I mean, it, when you're, when you're doing it, um, consistently, it, it doesn't matter. It works just as well. So yes, the answer is yes, you can do that. It does still work, uh, very well. And there's actually some benefits to it. The downside obviously would be, uh, for a guy, maybe he doesn't want to do that daily, even though it's less pain and less trauma to the muscle. Um, for a female, you know, if she was doing 20 megs a week, um, I still would recommend probably just doing the 10 and 10 uh, sub sub Q. So like a Monday, Thursday situation and, and call it a day. Yeah. So, so maybe, it's go ahead. I was just going to add, maybe that's something for people that consider, you know, after they've been doing this for a while or somebody with a, a past of using quite a bit. Now they're on HRT. After you've been doing this for a while, scar tissue builds up. Yes. Sometimes that shit just sucks. So, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I've heard some pretty bad horror stories. Uh, I, I don't, obviously, I've only been a, on HRT a short amount of time, so I don't know. But maybe that's an alternative for people that have a lot of scar tissue. They can actually just take, you know, daily injections under the skin if you're a guy and yeah. just kind of avoid those areas that get built up like that. Correct. Correct. And so, you know, if they have a lot of lumps in their glutes from years of overuse or just, you know, years of competing, and we know that you know, a lot of the guys, they compete, they're upping the dose. I mean, so they will have some scar tissue buildup. So yes, you know, under the skin gives, um, those sites time to, to dissipate. And plus, like I said, it's less pain and it's, it's easier, you know, and it's right in front of your body. You just look down and find a spot somewhere belly button or below, grab the skin and just, it goes in pretty easy and, and you're done. Yeah. Or, I mean, even people that are on HRT and, and you don't have a pass, like, think about it, though. If you're going to be on HRT for another 20 years, maybe you just want to avoid the scar tissue altogether. So maybe you can start with that. So, yeah. Um, speaking of, so you mentioned an anti-estrogen. Damn, I think I put all your questions in a row here, but that's all right. I'm just going to keep throwing you batting practice is what I'm doing. Cause you're, <laughs> you're knocking out of the park. The next question does talk about anti-estrogens. It's It says, uh, I hear about people using anti-estrogens, but my doc didn't mention that to me should I worry? And what should I look for if I need right. that? So that's a, that's right. a real interesting question there. What yeah. should I look so, for? And, and do I need that? Let me make sure I cover this completely. So two of the 
popularist, if that's even a word, or most popular or more popular. Um, I think that's the best way to say it. Shit, I don't know. Um, dude, it's okay. Everybody yeah, knows more popular. Anyways, um, it's Arimidex and Exemestane. And I might have screwed up the pronunciation, but that's, that's how I've always said it. Right. And so Exemestane isn't quite as um, potent, I found, as Arimidex, but it's, it's a little better uh, on the lipids. Um, but a lot of doctors and clinics uh, don't seem to use it all. They go right for Arimidex, which is a little harder on your lipids. And what these are doing is it's preventing testosterone from aromatizing into estrogen, which is something that our body does. And some people are more prone to have this conversion. Okay. And so when you have this conversion and you're a male, it can make you estrogen dominant. And what you, the sides that you could feel are, um, maybe your nipples tingle a little bit. And that's the start of what can be called gynecomastia. And that's where you get little lumps under the nipples. And you see this in guys who, you know, take too much or they're just prone to it and they weren't taught by their coach or themselves. They didn't do enough reading to take the proper ancillaries with their cycle. And they end up getting these like sacks under the nipple. And so you don't want that. <laughs> so um, if you feel tingling in the nipples, itching, anything like that, but you could also notice your, your blood pressure rising. Sometimes that's an estrogen issue. You might notice your, uh, your breaking out more. That's usually an estrogen issue. You might notice that you are feeling a little more weepy watching certain movies and certain things on TV. And you're like, that normally wouldn't bother me. And so if you see or feel any of these sides and, and, and another one is if estrogen gets too high, uh, you won't, you won't have a sex drive. Um, and it might be harder to get erections, things like that. So those are a lot of things to look for. Now understand that for the men, 200 migs does not, does not cause these issues for every guy. Some guys do not need an anti-estrogen. Some guys are extremely prone, and I find it's the guys who usually were um, a little more overweight as kids, a little more endomorphic, um, just a little bit more estrogen-dominant guys to begin with. They're going to be a little more prone. And so, you know, if your doctor isn't giving you a Remedex, it's a discussion I would have with them if you felt any of those sides. And you can confirm this just simply getting blood work. Uh, you know, if you've been on six, seven, eight weeks and you're curious, run your blood work. Like John mentioned last time, there's any lab now or any lab at any time or something like that. We have one here. I just always fuck up the name. Any lab test but now. There you go. And you can walk in and say, you know what? I want to know my estrogen. And you can get your testosterone while you're there too, just to see how well the HRT is working. And then you'll know, like if it's running high, is it middle ground? Do I need this? Like you can simply look at the ranges and, and then present it to your doctor. Some doctors are so old school and they really don't understand it that they'll just tell you to pull the dose back. And that kind of sucks because then now your testosterone is falling and that will work, but now you're not in an optimal range for your testosterone. One last thing that you can do is uh, I use our Estracort uh, from New Ethics and I do two or three a day to keep my estrogen metabolism moving and um, that works pretty well. I do have a prescription uh, for two uh, one mega Remedex, uh, I'm sorry, two on half 0.5 mega remedex per week and i use one of them and then i use our estracort um, and my estrogen was in really good range so there are natural remedies you can do now if you're a woman you can have the same issue you could convert again more of your testosterone over to estrogen and you become estrogen dominant as well and women are going to feel a lot of the same things um, they won't have the nipple things going on because they already have boobs um, but they might feel more weepy uh, see more acne 
more emotional, all these things that, that could happen to a man. Um, and so if that's the case, uh, a lot of women, I'll put on uh, our estracort and or some dim to keep that estrogen metabolism moving through. Um, but at 16 to 20 migs, I don't see the problem as, as, as heavily with the women. If you put some on some dim uh, or the estracort, it'll be fine. They don't need like prescription uh, anti-estrogens like, like men do. Um, so, you know, I hope I covered that um, and where I would kind of go with it um, if you're having that issue with your doctor. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're actually going to do a whole deep dive on estrogen, anti-estrogens, natural from a doctor, the whole nine yards. So we'll, we'll do that at some point in the future because estrogen is one of the most fucking confusing hormones for me anyway, that there is. And a lot of people just don't, you hear it and you automatically think bad. Kind of like the cortisol episode we did. Like yeah. people hear that and they think bad, so they think, "Well, let's just squash it." And that's definitely yeah. not not what you want to do. So we'll, uh, of course, we'll no. see any no. any of that for a future episode. Um, Super Jason, low estrogen is bad for uh, cholesterol too. So yeah. All right, man. I'm throwing you another one right down the pipe here. This right. next one, another one for you. Is HCG necessary while on HRT? Okay, so. HCG first, I should explain. It's like human chorionic gonadotropin. Um, I probably don't have that exactly right, but all of us bodybuilders call it HCG. And it's actually what's produced when a woman is pregnant. It's actually what you pick up uh, on the, uh, the, the plus negative uh, pee stick, you know, that you can use for pregnancy. Right. It's measuring HCG in their urine. And so... Uh, but the interesting thing about HCG is, is that you can use it as a man to bring up your, uh, your luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone, which is needed to not only drive libido, but to drive sperm production and healthy sperm. So here's the deal. Is it needed on HRT? Nope. But if you're one of those guys that gets shut down really hard from, uh, from exogenous hormones, um, you would want to use it. And here's the deal. 10% of men can take exogenous hormones and get their wives pregnant. 90% are going to get completely shut down and have almost no sperm motility. So here's the deal. If you're a man and you're 40 and you're just starting HRT and you've already had your kids or you've, you know, you know, had your balls fixed, all those things, you don't need HCG, but I do find the libido stays better by keeping LH and FSH up. So libido will be stronger. But if you're a guy who's 28 and you found yourself in need of HRT, I would be discussing with my doctor HCG. And usually probably about 500 IU twice a week on 200 MIGs is about all you need to keep those levels up and keep your sperm mobile so that you can you can have children one day so is it necessary nope but if you want kids one day i would i would probably have that discussion with my doctor so i have a lot of people ask me well what about just using deaspartic acid because that elevates lh similarly it's a natural substance but that's in, in my opinion these are two completely different approaches when someone's on hrt yeah you know i don't know that if i if i knew in my heart i just wanted kids and i wanted to have the best chance but I, I i wanted to feel good and 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 not have two you know a 250 test score i'm gonna i'm gonna use hcg i'm not gonna leave it to the aa no i i haven't seen anything 
really on it in depth. I mean, if our listeners have something out there, please send it to me. I'd like to see, you know, comparing HCG and deaspartic acid to raising LH and, you know, helping someone have kids and stuff like that. But I haven't found anything. So, um, I'm definitely not an expert with that because it's not, I mean, fuck, I'm old. I'm not looking to have kids. Now, if right. I remember right, um, you know, like, like you pointed out, just because you're on HRT or cycle or any of that stuff doesn't mean you can't get someone pregnant. No, you can't. Um, I got my wife pregnant. Uh, I was about prepping. to point that out. Um, yeah. I, it was, I was at your show and, yeah. um, I mean, it was all right around that time. So yeah. it's, I mean, that, you got a little, yeah, she didn't feel good that night. I went out with a buddy of mine cause she's like, yeah, go ahead. But she wasn't feeling good. Little did we know, um, you know, it was because she was, she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm one of the 10%, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't plan on you being all my other friends who are on HRT. They've had to come off completely because they literally had no sperm on 150 to 200 tests. And they weren't, they weren't using HCG, but all of them came off three to six months, ran 1000 IUs of HCG three times a week with a uh, hundred megs of clomid and they all had their wives pregnant in about three to six months. What you're supposed to say, man, is I'm just the man. Like I'm not one. <laughs> I'm just fucking Superman over here. So, um, okay. Next question is, all right, looks like we're starting to get into some of the ones that were sent to me. Um, and this is pretty common stuff. I know we get asked this quite a bit. I'm having a hard time getting my doctor to listen to me. My testosterone is 320 total and I feel terrible. Any advice on things to tell him, or to ask for. So Jason, I know this is something that a lot of our listeners and just people out there in general are going to deal with because most doctors just don't understand. Like you pointed out on our private, on a, on a prior episode, they're interested in keeping you alive That's and within it. range. They don't, yep. they don't understand. And by the way, I had a doctor reach out to me that listened to our show. I haven't told you about this yet. And he said, I just want to thank you guys for putting out information. This just goes to show how much you guys know um, sometimes compared to doctors, because most doctors don't get this stuff in med school. They don't, they don't have the time for continuing education or they just don't know to go get it. So it's not like doctors are these evil people that don't understand. No, no, we no. just, this is stuff that people are like us are very, very passionate about. And we spent the time to really drill down on where doctors are checking off a box saying, you know, I'm trying to get you healthy and within range. So of course, if you're, if you're at 300 and you're a guy, you're going to have a lot of doctors that they're okay leaving you there until you get out of range. Yes. So Jason, what advice do you have for people to talk to their doctor with and get them to kind of listen and, and be open to it? Okay. So here's the deal. Um, there are many general practitioner doctors that, like you just said, they aren't educated on it. And as long as you're in range, they're going to say, that's fine. Okay. So you've got a couple options. You know, I always think that you need to be your best advocate when it comes to dealing with the medical profession, because unfortunately for them to pay their bills and make money, they run patients in and out every 20 minutes these days. And so they're not going to take a lot of time with you. So if you want to stick with that doctor, there's a few things you can try, you know, you can do all the buzzwords, you know, my dick won't get hard or barely. I can't keep hard. I, I have no concentration. I have no zest for life. I have no drive. You know, I just feel like I'm walking with the cloud over my head. I'm walking through quicksand. Um, and you know, I've done reading myself online and most literature says under 400 men start to get signs of low T doc. I'm under 400. What can we do about this? 
the best you might be able to get someone like that who's a general practitioner who doesn't know what they're doing with this, the best you could probably get from them is a recommendation to an endocrinologist, okay? Here's the deal, though. Some of them are old school and aren't going to play ball. Unless your score comes back with a big old L on that lab test, they're not going to do it. So then there are other clinics. I use a clinic online. I don't fuck with local doctors with this shit. No way. They don't, they aren't, they aren't up to date. So I, I go to a clinic in Florida. It's all online and via phone calls and lab work. And that's, that's it. So if you can't get your doctor to play ball, you got a few options. Change doctors or look for a clinic uh, that does this online. And that's what they specialize in. And they get it. They understand that 310 when the range is 200 to 1100 is not fucking good. And you're not optimal. And if you want to live an active life and you want to charge through life and you want to recover and feel good, they get it. So, you know, those are a few things you can kind of do. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I tell a lot of my people, if your doctor won't run the blood work you want and it's your fucking health, change fucking doctors. Like, you don't got to sit there and be subject to that. I would never. Um, so, you know, take your own health into your hands and find the person that will help you. Yeah. So I, I want to go back and, and you kind of answered the next question was, should I look for an HRT clinic or just go to another doctor's office? And you, and you just, you answered that. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. And I do want to go back and reiterate because this is something I'm going to, I'm going to have to allude to quite a bit on this podcast because I'm a large part of the natural bodybuilding community. Listen, guys, we are not trying to tell you how to go cheat your way into getting fucking testosterone. That is not what we're talking about. A 320 total score in that question below is terrible i can tell you right now if you're a guy and you have that you're nodding your head with me right now thinking i'm talking straight to you that is a terrible number to have and you will feel like trash no one unless you're 90 then it's pretty good yeah that it, it, you know what that's a <laughs> that's a great visual that will shut people up people are like oh but you're you're within normal a lot of people in the natural bodybuilding community they have no idea all they know is testosterone it's bad so I want people to understand we're not trying to go get everybody on HRT. This is for the people that it applies to or it's knowledge for you because if you work with clients, you're going to have to Correct. go through this. And if you're not educated on this as a coach, by the way, because we have a lot of coaches that listen, if you're not up to speed, guys, this is this is where you have to be these days as a coach. If not, guys like me and Jason are just going to keep fucking passing you by because you're not educated. So that's Sorry, I'm going off. I'm, I'm on my soapbox right now. I want people to understand right. why we are doing this podcast, and it's to help people if it applies. So if it doesn't apply, don't, don't worry about it too much. So the next question is, we've got a, got a few more here, pretty good ones. Um, what happens if I stay very lean for a few months to do multiple shows? Now, this one I think we can go into a lot of detail on because – You've got the natural side, the the natural side of this, where it really, really does impact testosterone levels, yes. and then you've got the enhanced side of this. So I'll go ahead and kick this off and talk about the yep. natural side. Um, there's actually a pretty decent coach out there right now, that, and I'm not going to name him, but no, I kind of got on him. I kind of got on him a little bit. He's real. He's like five pounds from stage, and his shows aren't until like fucking April or something like that. And I'm like, why did you diet down 25, 30 pounds off? to get this lean and then try and hold it when you're a natural, a natural individual, because here's the thing, your body fat levels do dictate in some part your testosterone levels. So the leaner you get as a natural competitor and you try and hold that. I have seen multiple times when I've kept someone lean for a long period of time, 
their testosterone stays in the sugar and it doesn't come yep. back up until yep. they start to put body fat back on. So yep. to go back and answer this question, if you stay lean for a few months to do multiple shows, you have to understand not only is your testosterone in the shitter once you're, once you're stage ready to hold that for say 90 days, or if you do, you know, shows four or five months apart, that's really, really bad. You're just going to actually start to look worse because you're going to, cortisol is going to be up. Estrogen is going to be the dominant hormone and you're going to lose muscle. So I actually see people look worse as time goes on. Um, so I usually try and I try and talk my clients out of competing after, you know, eight weeks, 10 at the most. It, it's, you know, if everything's on point and they're sleeping, their cortisol is under control, they're just going to have low testosterone and that just sucks. But I really hate to see somebody go longer than that. You know, I yeah. do have clients that do it if they're just fucking crushing it and they're winning and winning and they're actually making some money. But I explained to them on the back end, you have to be ready because that that recovery is going to be a long, a long road. You're looking at six, maybe seven, eight months if you're a female and you get really shredded. So that's that's what that's what happens when you stay lean for a long time on the natural side. Is, is there anything you want to add to that part of it, Jason? Well, I would just say, you know, you're 100% correct. The only thing is there's always outliers. And, you know, there's some guys who just naturally stay 8%, you know, year round. That's good. So I think they could probably pull it off, you know, and they're still going to have their tests lowered. But those are probably some of the guys that could pull it off uh, for a longer period of time. But if you're one of those people that's a natural fatty and you're trying to keep that body fat, you know, five pounds from stage weight and you're a natural athlete, <clears throat> you know, and your fats are low and you're, you're, you know, mixing in very low carb days just to maintain that. 100% everything you said is going to keep happening. And as that testosterone gets lower and lower, like you said, you're not going to be getting better. You're going to, you're going to start noticing the effects of that finally. And, uh, you know, not be as full and hard and things of that nature. Yeah. So what about the assistant side of this? Because it's obviously going to be different because they have testosterone. Yep. Um, yeah. In their body. It's going to be, it's going to be way different. Um, you know, think about the pro bodybuilders who, you know, do show after show and, you know, a lot of them continue to get better and better. Um, and that's, you know, obviously they're taking exogenous testosterone plus, plus other cutters and, and agents to dry you out. Um, but that testosterone is keeping everything working. You know, the testosterone isn't going to drop. So you can have those lower, you know, calorie times and calorie days and your body's going to keep recovering well, uh, most likely. And, you know, everything's going to stay in range. Your thyroid's not going to take a dive. Your digestion's not going to take a dive. So it's a different ball game um, when you're supporting that testosterone exogenously uh, than when you're a natural. I mean, it, it, it really is. You, you can stay leaner year round with a lower caloric intake because you don't have to worry about restoring uh, that hormone and, and a lot of the other hormones that, that took a dive because of testosterone lowering and progesterone lowering and all these different things. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things that are kind of, that definitely is where you can draw a line and say, yeah, this is a big difference between the two. Yeah. And something I can allude to in a future episode, when we talk about natural versus enhanced preps, that's also where you can see a lot of folks that are assisted or on HRT or whatever, um, be able to get by on lower fats where a natural competitor yes. definitely you have 100%. to be careful by going too low fat. So and I also think that's why lower fat, higher carb diets are more common um, yep. in the assisted world. And yep. you see a lot of them doing a free meal every week and it works yep. so well. Well, when you're depleted of fats in the cell too, and you go have a free meal, you fill out 
you fill out with fats and carbs. So I think that's one of those things that'll be kind of fun for you and I to, to dissect. 100% everything you just said. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I get, I get real excited about that. That's some geeky shit that I know people want to listen and hear. So that'll be coming up on a future episode. Um, so here's one that, that's confusing. And we, we kind of laughed about this one beforehand because it's, it's common. Um, I'm confused on free test measurements. So whenever, if yeah. by the way, guys, if you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to episode three first. I should have said that at the very beginning, but listen to the <laughs> deep dive on testosterone. We talk about free tests. So this person wanted to know, I'm confused on free test measurements. What's the range for men and women? Don't, yeah, don't make me answer me. it. <laughs> See, you, well, okay. Right. So here's the it's deal, all over guys. The place. Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, I will recap one time. It was, we went into more detail, but free test, uh, there's total and free. Okay. Uh, free is the amount that is unbound, uh, that's not tied up and that can actually go to work for your body doing things that testosterone does, uh, anabolism, uh, recovery, uh, you know, all those things that testosterone does. So the free number is really important. Um, and so, you know, when someone asks like, well, what's the range that I need to be in? Lab work is so different for every lab, okay? Quest is going to be different than LabCorp. And then there's a bunch of other ones out there that I don't even have to time know what they are that the doctor, you know, used. Um, so what you want to do is, is just look at your ranges. And for anything testosterone, I want you to at least be middle of the road. So, I mean, if the free test says 2 to 20, I want you at least at 12, but I would rather see you at 18, 19, 20. Hell, I don't even care if you're at 22, if your total test is in range. Um, you're rocking with the free test and you have plenty to recover and do the things that, that you want to do in terms of physique enhancement. So you've got to really read your ranges because it's going to change lab to lab. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to add anything to that because, you know, I, Every time I've done it somewhere else, I've gotten fucking different ranges. Yep. So I'm like, Jesus, all right, what's the difference? Yeah, so you'll get some clients who, for whatever reason, they can't get you their labs or whatever, and they'll just send you, like, you know, total test, 500, free right. test, 20. And I'm like, this means nothing really to me. I was like, the 500, I kind of know that it's almost middle. I was like, but the free, I'm really not sure. I was like, I need the actual ranges that the lab uses. That's really important with a lot of these, a lot of these numbers. Yeah. So let's, I'm, I'm going to kind of insert a question here and it goes with the last one. So I'm going to ask this in two parts. Um, the first one, let's talk a little bit about sex hormone binding globulin. That's something that people can actually see on blood work yeah. um, and, and talk about kind of how that's tied to uh, free test and all of that. And then the next part of the question is how much dim and boron do we recommend for men and women to help boost free testosterone. I know with DIM across the board, I just recommend 200 migs a day and with boron nine. And I got this from you, by the way, about six months ago, nine, nine grams for women, 12 for guys. I think anything. Migs, migs, milligrams. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Nine, nine to 12 yeah. uh, migs for boron and 200 yeah. for DIM. And that's, yeah. you know, DIM is something I've had my athletes taking for fucking like five, six, seven years now. It's just a yeah. great, great supplement. And that's, that and boron both together help optimize everything when it comes to testosterone. But, but let's talk about sex hormone binding globulin because people can see that on a test and how it actually affects things. Yeah. So if you have too much of that, um, that's what you want to watch out for because that can bind 
to your free testosterone and your total basically and make it, you, you're not going to have as much free available. So a lot of times if you see a high SHBG score, you're going to have a lower um, free test score. And so the, the odd thing is here though, um, you don't want SHBG like really bottomed out though either. You kind of want it in the middle range uh, because it helps like kind of shuttle testosterone and, and free test around it's kind of like a carrier, like think of a river and just like bringing like, you know, uh, logs, and things down the, down the stream. It's kind of how SHBG is and you don't want it um, super low either. So you, you want to watch for, but the main thing you're going to find is it's going to be high um, with a lot of people. Um, and so you want to get that down into a middle range. And the way I do it, I use stinging nettle root. Uh, it works really well, uh, about 250 migs, two or three times a day start there. Um, now foods makes it, there's a bunch of companies that make it and that'll bring that back down. You see that raise in people who are really, really stressed. So I see it probably about 30 to 40% of the time with my like metabolic resistance cases, you'll see where SHBG is, is, uh, clinically high. And so that's when I hit the nettles to try to get it down to the middle range. But I definitely don't want that bottomed out by any means. Yeah, so I've got Amazon pulled up now. It's on here pretty cheap, guys. I mean, Swanson makes it $6.97 for 100 capsules, 500 mg. Yeah. So, I mean, there there you go. That boron is super cheap. Um, yeah. You guys make a great just standalone DIM product on its own, um, suppressed. It's on scoobyprep.com. I know that's one for people that just need that. Um, that's a, that's a really, I've had all my clients go in there to get that just standalone. So yeah, a lot of this stuff's pretty affordable guys, but it's, it, it goes a long way into helping you maximize, maximize your levels. Correct. You're just reading your, you're reading your levels and deciding how, you know, you want to attack it. Is DHEA John banned in all the natural orgs? Dude, listen, man, this shit changes so much. Like, my, yeah. I, I've got people that contact me. Hey, is this on the list? I'm like, listen, go check the list because I'm going to fuck around and they're going to have changed it and I'm going to tell you no. Right. And now it's on there. So, yeah, for the most part, DHEA is not good. Even 7-keto DHEA. even though I heard they came out with that, which is completely crazy that they can't use that now. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's actually been that way um, for quite a while now. So... Um, Leslie competed as a pro, a natural pro in 2014, maybe it was 2014, 2015. Yeah. She actually, that, I think that was the year. So she had, she was actually taking it. Um, and she had to stop and they gave mm. everybody like a six month window or something. A yeah, lot of yeah. these organizations, some of them aren't even yeah. around because fucking natural bodybuilding communities just had so many different organizations and right. rules but water testing for the most part i, I believe it's still on there yeah, um, i thought so too yeah but i mean dude there's even shit shit on there like fucking glycerol and i thought about that i'm like why the hell would they ban glycerol but in large <laughs> quantities you can actually use that like a diuretic to beat uh blood tests so it, it started oh. to make sense so you know okay. the cynical part of me is like god you guys just want to fucking have all this stuff on here to to, to take away any, you know, there's glycerol and freaking protein uh, bars, you know, like can my client yes, not have a protein are. bar the day of the show, but it, it was because people are taking a massive amount and they're, they're basically using diuretic properties to cheat a blood test. So natural bodybuilding is, yeah, oh, I didn't either. I had to dig into it cause I was pissed <laughs> about it because back in the day, my clients were eating a protein bar a couple hours before stage. Cause it was, you know, 
Yeah, it had um, the glycerin on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of this old school shit that we've done, which we'll talk about more on future episodes. And I keep saying that, man, because I get so excited. I know what's coming and I know how much people are going to kind of like how we give this take from both sides of the coin. Um, so again, this episode, we've done a lot of that and it's been a lot of fun. Guys, if you ever, ever have questions, send them to me at team underscore Gorman here on Instagram. You can do it on Instagram. Find Scooby Prep. That's Jason over there. Make sure you follow us. That way we get the messages. They don't go in that other folder. Yep. I think we've said that every single episode. Um, send all the questions you want, guys. Send all the questions you want. And then I, I compile those and I put it together on a show like this. So I know we'll do some more Q&A. We'll have some standalone, just, just random Q&A stuff. Um, but I really like these Q and A's after the deep dives. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is going to be a really good episode too. And I agree with you. I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah, I agree as well, man. Do you have anything? Any uh, any parting words or anything else that you think we may I need don't to cover? Think so. I mean, I think those were good questions, and I think we tackled them pretty well. So I don't have anything to fill in here. Yeah, guys, we just ask that you leave us a review, tag us on stories, and we will be picking winners every week. So for myself and Jason, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.